This is Sid Roth saying, Shalom Mishpacha. Mishpacha is a Hebrew word. It means family. And we're the Mishpacha, the family with a Jewish heart. Welcome to today's edition of Messianic Vision and another appointment for you to be mentored to fulfill your destiny with one of our It's Supernatural guests. And now, here's your host for this program, It's Supernatural television producer, Donna Chavis. Thank you, Sid. And hello, everyone. I'm Donna Chavis, and you're listening to Messianic Vision. Well, joining me today is a lady who's known for walking in the glory of God. And I know sometimes we think of walking in an atmosphere of God's glory, which is great, and she certainly does. But more than anyone I know, she also experiences visible manifestations of God's glory as well. So please welcome Diane Nutt. Hi, Diane. Thank you. I'm so blessed and honored. Same here, same here. Diane, you've got a brand new book called Encountering the Glory of God, and you tell a lot of stories about your own life and also how God has manifested his glory. But this, I love this, but you also do a great job of giving the readers, people that are going to read this book, keys to having their own glory encounters. So I love that, and I know they will too. So we're going to get started, and I want to start at the beginning, Diane because I think sometimes it's really important uh, that we know where someone came from and where they come from in order to appreciate where they are. So I think that's important sometimes. So I I wanted to start there. And uh, even from a very, very young age, you you had a pretty rough life. Yes. Well, I was born in Texas and uh, grew up in Texas and uh, just lived in, you know, just what we call a normal family. And um, there were things that happened uh, when I was very young. And, you know, I knew that God's hand was on me later on in life. But um, these things that happened to me and that I went through, I didn't realize how important they were going to be for this hour in this moment to be able to minister to people. And um, my birth father at the age of three left my mother and me and my sister and sexually abused me, Um, had a very mean spirit. And that's the only way I know how to say it. Um, He beat my mother and, you know, things happened uh, like in the car, he would have a gun laying next to my mother and, uh, if he slapped my mother, sometimes blood would drip down, you know, from her nose onto me as a baby. And, um, you know, it was uh, really as a small child, as that small child, you know, I didn't understand everything that was going on, but my spirit was being affected by it. Of course, yes. You know, and so I knew that later on in life, when I met my father, my spirit was very um, alert and was very like I wanted to step back away from him, you know, but I didn't know why. And so um, he moved out to California and, you know, when I was three and we never, uh, you know, heard from him. He didn't send birthday cards, Christmas cards. Um, There was no financial support. He never called to say hello. And So it was really like, you know, he didn't even have any daughters. It was like I was uh, fatherless, you know, in a sense. And so um, the thing about 
my father is that, you know, no matter what someone doesn't do in our life or does do, uh, you know, to us, God will always make a way for you to get through that and for you not to just be a victim with, um, you know, with a testimony of becoming victorious, but he wants to take it beyond that to where his glory shows up in our life. And, you know, when the glory of God shows up, miracles happen. Yes. And so, um, you know, although my father did all the things that he uh, did and, you know, just was not there and he was abusive, he was an alcoholic for over 60 years. Um, It was such a blessing when I got older and, you know, God set me free from the abuse that had happened to me. And during that time um, that the Father, you know, set me free, I had to draw some boundaries. And um, because he would call me in the middle of the night and he would just be, you know, just wasted drunk. And, of course, he was two hours ahead because he lived out on the West Coast. And so I had to put my foot down and say, no more. You know, you can't call me in the middle of the night like this uh, drunk. And so sometimes we don't understand that um, it, it seems like it might be a hard thing to do, but you have to have those boundaries and perimeters because what he was doing was he was calling and defiling me mm. in his drunkenness. And, uh, and I would just freeze. It's like a spirit of fear would come over me. And, um, it, you know, there were things that happened, and God set me free from the torment of that spirit. And God wants to spend, set every single one of you uh, free that is listening to this today. God wants to set you free from being under the torment of the enemy. And so what happened was um, I prayed for my father. You know, for years I chose to forgive him. Sometimes it's... Um, you know, we find it hard uh, to forgive, but we have to choose forgiveness. It's not about a feeling, if we feel like it or not. That word is so powerful that you just said, and I don't know if uh, if everybody caught that, but you said, I chose, I chose to forgive him. Oh, my goodness. I think that's so powerful that you, with intention, chose to forgive, and that's something that we have the power to do. Yes. It was hard at first, but I knew, uh, Donna, I knew in my heart that I had to choose to forgive him because, you know, when you sell out to the Lord and when you give up your rights and you allow him to be Lord and Savior, Master, but Master, a lot of people, you know, uh, have a hard time getting to know him as Master because that's when we have to really lay down and give up everything. And so, you know, we have to choose. Uh, The Word says, choose this day whom you will serve. So if we are walking in unforgiveness, then uh, we're choosing self. You know, we're being Mm -hmm. Mm self-righteous. And and that's a very key thing, uh, Donna, all throughout my journey has been about choices because our choices really do determine our destiny. Mm, my goodness. Now, what what effect 
did that have on your father when you chose and he I mean you had every right of course as as we all do sometimes and those that are listening I'm sure they have every right to be angry to be to have these bad feelings and everything but but you chose to walk in forgiveness and love toward him what effect did that have on him well he he was very open to um things that I would share with him. There was a season, though, that I, I didn't talk to him because I, I you know, drew those boundaries and told him that he could not call me anymore in the middle of the night drunk. And, uh, you know, the Bible says that open rebuke is better than hidden love. And so that was the love of God saying, no, you can't do this. And I told him, I said, you know, you're, you're my father, but we don't have a relationship yet. But I want to know you. And I said, and and so from that, you know, later on, he knew that it was the love of God. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, it was something that he uh, didn't get from others. And so drawing those boundaries, again, it was actually manifesting the love of God. So, um, so he didn't do that anymore. And then he called during the daytime. You know, he would ask me, he would say, well, baby, are you eating your oatmeal? And, of course, back then, you know, I didn't like oatmeal at all. But he always talked about being healthy. And now this is something that's so key and so important um, because I couldn't have done this if I had not chosen to love him and to walk in forgiveness. But I believe because I stood on the Word of God that says that if there's one in the household that is saved, the whole household shall be saved. And he was a part of my household, and I was not going to give up because I did not want him to spend eternity in hell. And so I believe, Donna, with everything in me, that um, that God spared his life. He, he was, even though he was an alcoholic, he was a marathon runner. He played golf all the time. He ate healthy. And, you know, and I believe God used that as an instrument to keep him in uh, some sort of good health until that day came, which was 47 years later, that I had the honor and privilege of leading him to the Lord. And so because I walked in forgiveness, he knew, and and this is uh, part part of the answer to the question that you asked a while ago, um, you know, he knew that I loved him, but it was a different kind of love. Mm-hmm. You know, it wasn't a love like what he was used to or what he knew. And he knew that he was accepted as a person, but he knew that what he was doing was not accepted. Let me jump in real quick and uh, fast forward just a little bit here. Um so you had started, uh, you know, the forgiveness, the love, the planting the seeds into your father that he knew that something was different and he needed to be different. So your father gets saved and your father actually uh, developed cancer and he was in the hospital and there was no hope for him. But let's go ahead. Um, that last week that he was in the hospital that you spent with him, you spent with your dad that last week, there were several things that happened that you said, and when you walk in the love of God, along with forgiveness, you invite 
the glory of God to manifest in your life. Whoo, I thought that was so, so good. So you're in the hospital with your father. Your father is dying, but you're spending that time with him. He is now a believer. And you said right there in that hospital room that the glory of God was there. And it began to manifest, not in these big signs and wonders way, but in a way that was just amazing. Uh, Tell us what happened. I would play uh, worship music. And, of course, the atmosphere was just different in my father's room. And uh, one of the nurses came one day, and she asked me, she said, you are a Christian, aren't you? And I said, yes. And she asked me, she said, well, can you pray with me? She said, "Um, you know, I've been divorced for over a year now, and my husband was supposed to give me the deeds to our home. And she said, and I haven't gotten that yet uh, for our children. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so um, it's so wonderful how the Holy Spirit, he knows exactly what a person needs so that they are drawn in to the Father and to salvation. And so what happened was uh, we were sitting in some chairs at the end of the bed, and, of course, my father, you know, Donna being in transition, he wasn't saying anything, and his eyes were closed, you know, most of the time. And so when I started praying uh, with her because she wanted to know Jesus, when I started praying with her, my father lifted his hands up, and, uh, you know, for a man who was never in church, mm-hmm. that was such a glorious thing right there to see. But uh, she prayed and, and received salvation, accepted Jesus into her heart, and it was just glorious uh, what happened. And as she had received the Lord, all of a sudden, you know, her head just kind of dropped. And it was, she was just under the power, under, you know, the presence, the anointing of the Lord. And um, probably several minutes later, a nurse is walking down the hallway and she's calling her name and she popped her head up and she said, oh, I've got to get back to work. So she left. And so the next day, uh, whenever I had come in, she was at the nurse's station and she said, oh, she said, Diane, can I come down to the room, to your father's room? Uh, after a while and talked with you, and I said, sure. So she came down, and I mean, she was like glowing. Her face was just glowing. She said, I got the papers in the mail today. And so I knew right then and there that angels had gone and gotten those papers and put them in her mailbox. (laughs) She looked at me, she said, well, she said, I have a friend. She said, tonight when we get off, she said, can we come down because she wants to know Jesus too. (laughs) That's awesome. You know, it's just a revival. Yes. Right there in the hospice hospital. So they came down at the end of their shift and were sitting in the chairs. And whenever we were standing at the door and um, they'd come in, I was going to go close the curtain, you know, pull the curtain between my father and his roommate. Yes. And this precious man, you know, Julio, he says, uh, please, he said, not pull curtain, not pull curtain. And I'm like, okay. And I'm like, oh, wow, the Holy Spirit was really moving. So we sit down, and the next nurse, she receives the Lord. And as I'm praying the prayer of salvation, once again, my father lifts his hands up to the Lord. 
And, you know, when you think about it, in transition, he's never been in church. He's not around that. But his spirit man was rejoicing because another soul was coming into the kingdom. You know, even though he had only been saved for three weeks, yes, he was still rejoicing about these souls coming into the kingdom. And so she dropped her little head down, too, and she just starts giggling. I mean, the laughter just came on her, and she was so happy. And from that day on, uh, for the rest of the week, she had like this bounce. <laughs> she just, you know, her head hung down, and she was like she was a brand-new person. So, okay, so they leave the room, and uh, I turn around, and I look at Julio, and he just had this look on his face, and I said, Julio, said, do you want to know Jesus Christ as your Savior, too? And he said, yes. And so I thought, oh, my goodness, I'm in heaven. Now, this man was an older man. Is that correct, Diane? I mean, he was he was really toward the end of his life. And there, in this atmosphere of glory, he was experiencing and seeing all this and watching these people come to know Jesus and come to know Jesus and being in that atmosphere. And here he was, a part of all of that. And, and you just ask. Yes. That's all I did was just ask, and he said, yes, he was 85. Mm. He was 85 years old, and so I went over and, you know, took his hand, and we prayed, and, you know, he prayed the prayer of salvation, and all of a sudden, it it was just amazing because, you know, the atmosphere in the room was so charged with electricity, but, you know, the glory of God was there, and all of a sudden, he points his, uh, takes his finger and he points up in the air and he says, a light. He said, I see a light. <laughs> but Jesus is the light of the world. And so he had a supernatural encounter, you know, right there at that moment. And then, uh, you know, he had let go of my hand. Well, then he took it. He took my hand and he said, you are an angel. Uh, and, and I'm just, you know, perplexed a little bit. He says, you're an angel. He said, God sent you here. He said, I have been waiting for this day all my life. Mm, my goodness. Sometimes I see these lines that, that you say or that are in your book, and, and you said, God's glory will always manifest a miracle, always. And you were in an atmosphere for a week there where God's glory was heavy, and it wasn't like visible manifestations. Well, except for Julio, <laughs> he got the visible <laughs> manifestation. But just just hearing you teach about this and share about this, that God's glory was there with you. Your father had come to know him, the nurses coming to know him, this this older man coming to know him, you were in a heavy presence of God's glory. And that is, that is fantastic. So I just wanted to say that you say God's glory will always, always manifest a miracle. I love that. Well, you've been listening to Apostle Diane Nutt, author of the brand new book, Encountering the Glory of God. Diane has also created three teaching CDs that are exclusively for our It's Supernatural and Messianic Vision audience. So you're going to love those. And this teaching series is called Keys to Your Glory Encounters. And we're going to talk about some of the other ways that God's glory has been manifested in your life and actually in your ministry. Uh, let's start with what you called God's glory being manifested in the darkness. Yes. Oh, that was just an amazing um, 
amazing time. And, you know, when we're open, I would just like to say this, um, when we're open to whatever God wants and we're fully surrendered, he will show up. He will absolutely show up. And so uh, this was a very unique thing that happened. I was at a uh, retreat for uh, a ladies' retreat. It, we were leaders, and, you know, and I just want to say this, leaders need to have retreats and times to get away. But we were out on uh, some property and kind of in the woods. We were staying in a cabin, and um, so there were we were off to the side, and it was uh, me and the lady who was over all of the leaders, and then her assistant. So somehow or another, I just got blessed to be in that little room with them. But we were laying there, and it was the the leader, and then it was me, and then it was um, her assistant, which was a very good friend of mine. And so what happened was, as we were laying there, and it was like pitch black, because, you know, when you're out in the woods, it's like so dark. And uh, so when the lights are out... And so what happened was, um, I'm, I'm just laying there, we're laying there, and all of a sudden, the room lights up over in front of me, and it was just, it was, you know, I was just in awe. I was like, oh my goodness, because I could feel the presence of God. And so I asked, um, I asked my friend, I said, you know, I said, do you see that? I said, do you see that cloud? And she's like, no, Diane, I really don't see anything. I said, you're kidding. I just couldn't believe it. She said, it's pitch black in here. She goes, I can barely, barely see my own body. It was, it was really funny. And then the lady that was uh, over the women's ministry, she was, um, she just all of a sudden, because we'd been carrying on for a little bit, she's like, what's going on? She goes, what's going on over there? She goes, y'all need to get to sleep. We've got to get up early in the morning. And, of course, my friend, she just says, oh, well, you know, Diane's just having another one of her experiences. (laughs) (laughs) I wouldn't mind having those experiences. (laughs) I think that's, it's such a natural thing for you. I found it so uh, funny and wonderful at the same time that that one of your friends would say, oh, she's just having another one of her experiences. (laughs) I thought that was awesome. I know. I know. Of course, back then it was like I felt awkward, you know, somewhat awkward. And But now, you know, when I look back, it's like, okay, I am who I am because of who he is, you know, in me. And uh, so it was just a blessing. But uh, but what, what I need to share about this particular thing that happened, you know, God's glory showing up in the middle of the night, and it was just so evident, you know, that he was there is um, the week before, uh, or that week before, I had was in intercessory prayer one day and uh, praying, and we were at the church. There's a group of us at that, and so I was praying, and all of a sudden, I had a vision, and I saw a mole and a light. There was a light around this mole. Now, this was a mole that was actually on your body, right? It was a a real visible mole. Yes. Now, now the vision, though, I just saw a mole. Mm-hmm. See, the, the vision, I didn't see the mole on my body, but I had a mole on my body that uh, had been, it was kind of under my arm, and it had been cha- changing, you know, texture, size, 
color, everything that they say that it, you know, that you need to be concerned about and have it checked out. And so, you know, the enemy was trying to bring fear because, you know, my mother had had cancer. You know, my father had cancer. I mean, cancer had been in my family. And so, um, so when I had this vision, I just saw a mole by itself. At first, I didn't quite understand it because I wasn't praying over this mole at that time in the intercessory prayer group. But I had this vision, and this light uh, was around this mole. And just like Pac-Man, that's for some of us that are older, <laughs> it it just began to eat this mole up. That's the only thing I can say about it, this mole was totally gone. And so then later on, the Lord quickened me, and he told me to put a Band-Aid over that mole that was under my arm and to just leave it there for the whole weekend. And so, um, you know, sometimes we don't connect everything, but the Holy Spirit will bring it all together uh, for you. And so what happened was, and, you know, I really didn't think about the bow or anything. It's like, okay, I'm putting a Band-Aid over it, and, you know, and I'm just praising God and thanking God. And so when I got home from the retreat and I took the Band-Aid off, the mole was totally gone. I mean, just smooth skin. It was not in the Band-Aid. It was gone, just totally gone. And, uh, of course, I was just like, you know, I wish I would have taken pictures. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. But, you know, that mole, it was bothering me. And so right there in the midst of when God's glory showed up, you know, I'm thinking that that's probably when that mole just disappeared. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That miracle manifested. There might be some people listening that say, you know what? I don't see things. I, 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 did, I don't see anything like that. They may have something on their body or they may have something wrong or whatever, and they don't know that, that God's glory is showing up visibly and tangibly and taking care of it. And, and I just like that your instruction to those people, to me, are uh, your, your instruction is don't give up. You will see. You can see. Talk to those people just for a moment, Diane. Okay, sure. Yes, I just want to encourage each and every one of you uh, not to give up and to keep trusting God because when you've been born again, you are born again with the DNA of God. And so I always like to teach people and to say, you know, the, uh, the culture of the kingdom of God is the supernatural. And so when we open our hearts up, and uh, yield our soul, our spirit to the Lord, what's going to happen is these supernatural things are going to to manifest. And, you know, I tell people all the time, it's not about, uh, you know, don't focus so much on seeing, but it's the spirit of God. And it's, it's your inheritance. So if people don't see those things right now, um, and they didn't see like your friend your friend didn't see that cloud in the in the cabin that night but the cloud was was obviously there and you saw it so um I, I like that you teach people, you know, don't give up. That's not just something for me, not just something for me, but you can see and you will see 
if you pursue this. And I know that you've got several keys in your book and in your teaching series that you talk to people about. These are some things that you can do to cultivate an atmosphere to where you can actually see in the glory as well. So anyway, I want you to pray for those people real quick, and then we're going to move on. Is that all right? Yes, absolutely. So, Father, right now, I just thank you for every person right now that is listening in and that has that desire and their longing to see your glory. Father, they're longing to see the supernatural and to receive their inheritance. Father, I just release them right now into your hands, Father God. I release them to see. Father, I ask you to take the salve off of their eyes, remove it. Father, so that they might see and might know the hope, Lord God, that they have in Christ, in your glory. Father, I thank you that in your presence, Father God, I thank you that they can encounter you, that they can see what their natural eyes uh, could not see before. Because, Father, you give them the eyes to see by the Spirit. So, Father, I thank you right now, Lord God, that many are going to begin to see from this day forward. Yes. In the name of Jesus. Yes, amen, amen. Diane, talk to us a little bit about the importance of spending time in in that secret place that you call the secret place because you cannot give out what you don't have. How important is it for us to spend time in that place? You know what? I believe that it is, one of the greatest keys to our relationship with God and that um, we have to we have to pursue that place because time and and different events in our life and things will always try to pull us away from that and and the secret place is not really um, like you know your closet or your bedroom but it's that place in you that communes with him because I believe that everyone, our ultimate goal is that union with Christ. It's union with the heavenly father. And so as we pursue, you know, the secret place and sometimes, you know, we don't know, Donna, we don't know what to do or what to say. And, you know, sometimes I'm just like, Lord, you know, I'm here. And I want to spend this time with you and in your presence. And so I yield myself to you, whatever you want, whatever you want to speak, Father, I'm listening. Thank you that I have ears to hear. You know, those are just some of the things that I will, uh, you know, say in, in the secret place. And, and so, um, you know, years and years ago, when I began to spend that time in the secret place with God, um, the glory of God would show up. And at first, I had no idea. You know, I had I had no idea. No one could really explain to me because, you know, when you tell someone that you can no longer see your ceiling fan in your bedroom or you can no longer see your ceiling, you know, some people thought that that was very strange. But there's scripture after scripture that uh, we can go to in the Word of God that, um, you know, that shows us that the glory of God, the glory cloud that shows up 
you know, it's him. Mm-hmm. And I know you're talking about a story that you've told us before about in that room that day when the glory cloud showed up and you were looking up and you couldn't even see your ceiling anymore. And then another instance, you were talking about something completely different. The glory manifested itself in a way that, that was like an incense. Yes. Now, that um, that was the time when um, whenever I had been praying and um, I was with one of the ladies that was in a, a group that we had that met in my home. But uh, what had happened is we were just kind of separated. And so I, w- I had been on my knees, you know, just praying to the Lord. And uh, His presence was so strong and just uh, and powerful. And all of a sudden, it was like um, I was, you know, laying. Uh, I had been dealing, and then I was laying uh, on the floor. And and all of a sudden, the, the presence of God uh, was so strong, I looked over, and it was, uh, there was incense. There was a smell of incense. And it's a little bit different uh, than the fragrance of the Lord. Um, but it was so sweet. It, it was a sweet smell. And, you know, we offer our bodies to the Lord as mm-hmm. living sacrifice. Mm-hmm. And I had been through so much. I was, you know, had struggled emotionally and mentally. I mean, the doctors at one point had said I was a manic depressed person. And, of course, I, you know, was walking it out. I was walking through my healing process. But that night, when that happened, um, and I was laying there, I saw the incense and smelled it. Then all of a sudden, it was like um, it was like Jesus. The only way I can say, He just came, and it's like um, I could just feel Him coming into me, to every part of my being, and um, it was almost like I could feel the scars on His hands and His feet. <laughs> I can't really you know, explain that, but everything in me, the abundant life of Christ just came in me, and I was exploding with life. It's like I never had felt what I felt at that moment, and I knew that instantly, I knew instantly, Donna, that I had been emotionally and mentally healed. Mm, Yes. You know, my heart was so free. It's like there was no uh, pain, there was no burden, there was no torment, no no agony. It was just this complete freedom and wholeness uh, that I'd never felt before. And immediately right after that, when I started praying for people, not everyone, but when I started praying for people... Uh, when I would just stand, you know, walk in front of the person before I'd even start praying for them, they, and to this day, you know, people feel the Spirit of God. I mean, they, they'll say, I felt something step into my body. Uh, you know, I just felt something come into me. And, uh, you know, the power of God just comes into them, and God heals them. Mm, it it yes. happens, you know, more and more it's, it's happening. And Diane, wow, I mean, that is so powerful to know. I mean, a lot of people have physical needs for sure. A, a lot of times we all do. But but to know that he is there to meet 
every single need that we had. And knowing your past and where you come from, of course, there's a lot of mental and emotionally things that need to be that need to be healed that God needs to take care of. And and I know that that's true for other people too. Isn't that precious? And isn't that wonderful to know that He cares about every single part? of us, our, our spirit, our soul, our body, mentally, emotionally, spiritually. That's just powerful, isn't it? Yes, absolutely. And you know, in the book of Luke, um, the Word of God says, he says, Behold, I have given you all uh, power and authority over all the means of the enemy. Mm-hmm. So that means that that includes that emotional mm-hmm. and mental realm. Mm-hmm. And it's not just our physical body being healed, but, um, you know, when when that happened, uh, it was not too long after that that I was uh, speaking at a women's retreat. Would you like for me to share that? Oh, sure. Tell that about the women's retreat. Now, this one's also one where uh, you, you feeling and seeing or smelling the incense, and some other folks also were able to see that, to smell that as well. Is that correct? Yes, that's exactly what happened when, after I'd spoken the word, and uh, right before I began to minister and pray for the women, it's, you know, there were a lot of women that just fell under the power of God, and while they were laying there and the Holy Spirit was ministering to them, uh, all of a sudden there was incense that was rising up over them, and it was like the most beautiful uh, fragrance. Like I said, it's, it's different. The smell of incense is a little bit different. And so in the book of Corinthians, 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14, uh, we read that as we triumphantly overcome, there is a fragrance of the knowledge of Christ that's manifested through us. And so that is a beautiful smell, but um, the smell of incense is a little bit different and um, smoke comes up. You know, you can see, like, literally, if people burn incense. Yes, yes, you can see it. Mm -hmm. That's what we were seeing. And some of the women, you know, that were not, uh, had, you know, slain in the Spirit, they were, uh, they, they saw it as well and could smell that fragrance. But these precious women were being healed. And, you know, and some of them said that they felt, something come into their whole being, into their whole body. And so so what I had encountered that night and to this day, people will tell me that, you know, when you stepped up and I don't ever touch them or lay hands on them or anything, but they feel something, which of course is God, the Spirit of God, come into them. Mm -hmm. They were healed and they mentally and emotionally and they were changed, you know, forever. You've been listening to Apostle Diane Nutt. And at the end of the program, make sure you stick around for that because Sid is going to be here to tell you how you can get Diane Nutt's brand new book, Encountering the Glory of God, and her brand new and exclusive three-CD teaching series called Keys to Your Glory Encounter. And whew, we are, we're having our own little glory encounter here. So I hope you are too, wherever you're listening. And um, Diane, I want to tell everybody a little story that happened a while back on your way to see your family because you felt like it was so, so important that you at least presented the gospel to your family. And something happened on the way that um, that was actually quite a miracle encounter. Tell us about that. 
Yes, okay. Well, it was one week. It was exactly one week before the gathering. And every year we gather with my husband's side of the family. And for years, you know, I would be quickened to share uh, the story of salvation. And I just, you know, I never did it. Every year in mm-hmm. my heart became just more and mm-hmm. more burdened. And I know someone may be uh, right now, you're you're saying the same thing. You know, I want to share with my family, and I just haven't done it for right. whatever reason. But what happened was um, I was getting the last-minute things together for uh, the gathering, and this was exactly one week before it, it um, the gathering took place. And what happened was um, I was driving, and I had stopped at the gas station, and I got some of those little fireballs, those atomic fireballs. Oh, yes. I remember those well. <laughs> yes, they're so good. So um, so I was sucking on it, and what's crazy, Donna, is like I had this thought that it was going to slide down my throat, and I just kind of blew it off. And next thing I'd know, that thing slid down my throat, and it got stuck down into my esophagus. And now what people have to understand and what I want you to hear today, those of you who are listening, it was stuck. I couldn't see it. When I looked in the mirror, I couldn't see it, but it was lodged, and my throat started having uh, muscle spasms. Mm -hmm. So it was forming around the ball. Now, I was in a completely helpless situation. There was nothing that I could do. I tried to swallow it. I tried to uh, cough it up. But nothing was happening. It was just stuck. It was lodged in my throat. And so, you know, at that moment, it's like, it's almost like my life just flashed by me. And I was like, you know, God, forgive me of my sins. You know, I was in my heart, I was saying that because I couldn't talk. I couldn't call 911. My husband was out of town. You know, there was nothing I could do. And maybe some of you listening today, you're, you feel like you're in a hopeless situation and there's nothing that you can do. But listen to what happened. As I'm sitting there and I could almost feel myself starting to get panicky because there was nothing I could do at all. And all of a sudden, the peace of God came and the Father spoke and he said, Diane, be still. And when he said that, I knew it was him. And so I just got still. I thought, okay, either he's going to save me or I'm going home. (laughs) And so what happened was the finger of God, I felt the finger of God push that jawbreaker up my throat, and I just started bawling. And what I want you to understand about this is I never choked. I never gagged. There was never any kind of reflex. Now, I know this is gross, y'all, but like when you're sick and you throw up, it hurts. You feel all these, ugh, it's just horrible. None of that happened. That thing was stuck in my throat, and the finger of God pushed it up. It was like someone ice skating on a on a pond that was frozen because it just slid up my throat. And, and that's the amazing thing. There was no reflex or choking or gagging or nothing. Mm-hmm. So I just bawled. I cried. But, you know, the glory of God was in my car, and that was a miracle. And right then and there, I knew that, you know what, I've got to tell my fam- my husband's family, I've got to share with them about salvation. 
because it life is like a vapor. We're here one day, gone the next day. You never know if it's going to be your family member's last day or if it's going to be your last day. I see two things there about giving God control. When when you were in that, that situation where you were about to panic and God spoke to you and said, Be still, Diane, you trusted him and you gave him control. So you gave him control and then all of a sudden, supernaturally, you felt like it was the finger of God that just slid that fireball back up into your mouth where you could spit it out. So you gave him that complete control to do what he needed to do. And then you also gave him control when you presented the gospel to your family and you said, okay, I've done my part. Now, God, you take control. Wow, that's so good. Yes, and you know what, Donna? I still have the jawbreaker. (laughs) It's a miracle. It was a miracle, yeah. (laughs) It was an absolute miracle, but there were so many things that came out of it. You know, like you said, giving God that full control. And, And when he said to be still, just knowing that, okay, he's fixing to fix this. This is something that you teach people about walking in the glory every day. It doesn't have to be a meeting like you're going to a meeting. And it doesn't have to be a certain place or with a group of people. But just walking in that glory every single day is where we give God the opportunity to show up and we encounter him. So I know you talk about that a lot in your book. Tell us about a young man that came to your church and actually saw the glory there. Now, he himself visibly saw it. Yes. Yes, he did. Um, his his wife had been coming to the church, and he finally started coming. And he had, uh, you know, a denominational background, um, you know, wasn't saved. But he started coming to church, and uh, one day he just, he, I let him speak. It was I could see on his face that something had happened, and uh, there was such a strong presence of the Lord and the glory of God was there. And he said that when he looked at me, he said when I was preaching, he said the little trees on the side that we have, um, he said all of a sudden, he said they just turned to gold. And then he said that my face started looking like gold. And then he said, and pastor, who was, you know, my husband, he said, pastor's uh, on top of pastor's head and the band behind him, sitting right behind him, there was gold on top of his head. And so, you know, that was such an amazing thing that God opened his eyes to see that. And then whenever I gave the altar call, he, he came down to the altar call. And because he was in the presence of God's glory, and, you know, he was so drawn to the Lord, he said that he wanted to know God more. And signs and wonders, that's what Sid says all the time. Signs and wonders we need. We need the signs and wonders to draw the unbelieving to the Lord. And walking in that glory as you do, you experience, and a lot of other people experience, actual visible signs and wonders um, quite frequently, I won't say all the time, but quite frequently. And even the last time you were on Sid's show, you had people talk to you about what they saw when they saw you on Sid's show. Yes, yes. And uh, people encountered the glory of God. They could see the glory, you know, around us as we were uh, talking and speaking. And, of course, 
very recently, a couple came into the church, and they had seen me on Sid's program, on one of the uh, live programs, Glory programs, and they were from upstate Michigan. And so they were here visiting their daughter, and so when they saw me on Sid's program and said, oh, well, she's right here, and let's see how far we are. Well, it turns out they were only about 10 minutes from the church. And so they, they came to the church that morning, Sunday morning. And so the first thing, whenever they came into uh, the building, into the service, they said they could feel the love of God so strongly. And um, they began to see angels moving around everywhere in the congregation. And so as I was sharing the Word of God, uh, the Holy Spirit had me to step down off of the platform and to start, you know, prophesying to every person that was in there. And he told me, he said, whenever you came down off of the platform, he said, you were dressed in white, and he said, you had a sword, a goat sword in one of your hands, and he said, there was fire up above your head. And so he had come down for uh, prayer also, and God healed his back. And of course, when he got up, I asked him, you know, uh, where I always ask people, how did you find out about this place? And then uh, he said, I knew that we had to come. And he said, and whenever we come back down here, he said, we're definitely going to be coming here. And um, But he said, and, and I've never heard anybody say this before. It was so funny to me. But he said, yeah, he goes, you know, we walk in and we feel the love of God and we see angels and he said, there's just so much going on in the spirit realm. And he said, I go, I said, what the heck? He goes, there's spiritual activity all over this place. And um, I just never quite heard anyone put it like that. But he was so touched and moved, you know, by the Lord and, and by the glory of the Lord that was present Diane, I want to talk about this real quick before we have to leave. I know a lot of people, they always think glory and glory encounters when they think of you, but God also uses you in some prophecy. Was it 2010? You had this prophecy that in the next decade, and let me just say here, we're coming to the end of this decade, so I want to make sure that understand the urgency of this, but God gave you this, this prophecy about he was going to do great things as far as relocating people. Now, now, what types of relocating are we talking about? Well, people would be relocated even from one state to another state, from uh, one place of fellowship to another place of fellowship, and even in the marketplace. There was going to be a lot of relocating and people stepping into things that they had never done before that God is going to supernaturally anoint them to do. Mm -hmm. things they have no knowledge or no understanding of, and uh, they would be moving in the glory yes. of God. Yes, and you know what? I, I know you had a vision that led you to this prophecy. You had this vision of where these stones were in this water, and the water was washing them down, and they were getting dislodged, and then they would get relodged other places. And I just love the part that you said about the vision where when the stones got to where they were supposed to be, then all of a sudden they just shined just like diamonds. So 
that's pretty exciting to know. If God's moving you and you're going to be relocating during this time, that and when you get to the place that you're supposed to be, you don't have to worry. God's got it under control. You're going to be reflecting the glory of God and shining just like diamonds when you are where you're supposed to be. So that is a really, really good word. So you guys look out for that. Lots of relocating going on. Uh, and so we're talking about not just physically relocating, but spiritually, people in their careers, people in uh, geographic locations, all of these things. So just be on the lookout for that. And and one other thing, talking about the glory and carrying the glory. Now, <laughs> some people may not think that this is, ooh, a great visitation of the glory, but you and your husband walked into a restaurant one evening, and what happened? Yes, when, when we walked in, it was like they were just about to close, but they were actually open a couple more hours. There was one or two tables that had people, and that was it. Well, my husband and I, we had been in the presence of God all day long. So when we're in the restaurant, my husband, I, I just love this. He said, watch and see what God's going to do. He said, this place is going to be blessed. He said, it's going to fill up, and it's going to be blessed with business. And that is exactly what happened. I mean, no joke, we're sitting there, and people just start walking in, like I, I like to call it, like in droves. I mean, droves of people. It was just, we were just like, I mean, probably, I would say between 40 to 50 people. We were just like, we just sitting there like, oh, my goodness, God did it again. Because, you know, we carry the glory. Yes. And and we can all walk in that and carry that glory. And wherever we go, businesses are going to be blessed. Wherever we are, that place is going to be blessed. Mm. Diane, before we go, can, can I ask you just to pray one more time and pray for those that are listening that they would have their own glory encounters? Yes, absolutely. Well, Father God, we just thank you right now. We thank you today for the blood of Jesus that gives us access into your throne room right now. And so, Father, I just pray right now for every person that is listening, Father God, and I just release the glory of God into their lives, into their homes, into their workplaces. And, Father, I just pray for each person, a sweet Holy Spirit of the living God, that you would help them and teach them according to your word, that they would begin to live in the glory of God, that they would walk in the glory of God, that they would be aware of the glory of God in their presence. And Father, I thank you that it is our inheritance, and so I release the inheritance of the glory of God to each and every person listening today. And Father, I thank you, Lord God that there will be many signs and wonders and miracles that will begin to manifest in their life. And, Father, I thank you that they will bring others into the kingdom, and it'll just have a domino effect, and it'll just keep spreading and spreading as your glory is covering the earth and even the people, according to your word. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you, everyone, for listening today and for joining us here for Messianic Vision. And thanks to our wonderful guest, Apostle Diane Nutt. And now here's Sid to tell you how you can get Diane's brand new book and audio teaching series. Sid? Are you ready to encounter the glory of God? I know I am. 
Do you long for his manifest presence in your life? Now you can. With Diane Nutt's brand new and exclusive teaching series, you'll learn how to invite God's manifest presence and glory into your own life. So don't miss your opportunity to get this brand new, powerful resource. It's Diane's three CD teaching series, Keys to Your Glory Encounters. And as a special bonus, her brand new book, Encountering the Glory of God, for an investment of only 35 U.S. dollars. To order, call 1-800-447-2697. That's 1-800-447-2697. Or go to our website at sidroth.org, S-I-D-R-O-T-H dot O-R-G. Be sure to ask for offer number 9610. That's offer number 9610.